College basketball is back. Me and my brother James, we are going to share our thoughts on some of the season debuts. We want to talk about some of the freshmen that shine. A couple freshmen that I was really high on did not get a lot of minutes. So that's going to be something I want to monitor throughout the season. But stay tuned to hear our thoughts on the season debuts from Isaiah Collier, Marco Jackson, Donovan Klingen, Stefan Castle, Elliot Cadot. I mean, who knows if we're going to be able to cover them all. Stay tuned. Big shout out to each and every person that has made the Locked On NBA Big Work Podcast your first listen of the day. I'm your host, Rafael Barlow, the director of scouting for NBA Big Work. Got my brother James in the building. Big shout out to all the new subscribers. If you're not subscribed to the YouTube channel, I want you to subscribe. I want you to like, share, comment. That will help us grow the channel. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, if you are a new customer, you get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. All right, college basketball started on Monday night. We are recording this on a Tuesday night. The Tuesday schedule wasn't really it was light. It, it, it was light. I mean, Indiana played, Baylor and Auburn played as far as just having prospects. So we'll probably, we may have a little time to talk about, about those guys. But I want to talk about Isaiah Collier first. I thought Isaiah Collier had a very impressive debut, even though he fouled out. And I believe he had six turnovers. If you just take the good with his performance, I think that you have to consider him as a candidate to go number one, just because this draft is wide open. This draft is wide open, and so I think it's too early to say who can go number one. It's not like last year. We knew last year. We knew last year on November 8th, all right, Victor Wimbayama was going number one. Now, number two, everybody thought it was school. That didn't happen, but like I said, this class is wide open. I want to hear your thoughts on Isaiah Kyer. What did you think of his opening college debut uh well the speed the power like the burst it was on full display yeah um i recall he had in, in transition you definitely can see like he's a fast dude um but i recall he had a play where he uh drove hard i think it was right to left crossover hit somebody with a, a bump and a pullback jumper like that was that was beautiful that, that, that was an encouraging sign to me, the concern or the knock on him coming into the season was his jumper. And I, I always felt like he was a much better rhythm shooter than he would be like playing off the ball, off the catch. And the jumpers I did see him make were rhythm shots off the dribble. He made one three. He let it fly confidently. And that's actually a scary sight for opposing coaches and defenses yeah. because if Isaiah Collier is knocking down jumpers, pull-up threes, yeah, he's he's gonna be a tough in this game. He, I mean, it was it's only one game, but he scored on all three levels. Like you said, the power, mm -hmm. the athleticism. What I like about him is, you know, like on scouting reports, we'll be like, man, this guy lets the game come to him, which is totally fine. That's you know a positive trait in a lot of guys, but that's not Isaiah Collier. He does not let the game come to him. He. I mean, just enforces his will. And that's what I like about him. Like, you know he's going to make an impact. He's not, like, 
playing it cool. I mean, he's just going to walk in and he's going to impact game. Like, you're going to know who he is. Yeah. That's what I like. There's a few prospects in this class. And, and it's, again, it's not a bad thing. But you're like, oh, he lets the game come to him. He scores in the Florida offense. Isaiah Kyers, he's bringing it. But part of that is the situation that he put himself into, too. Like, he went to USC. And I feel like he went to USC. USC needs him. And you can see it. Like, you know, we're going to talk about it with some of these other guys. They went to situations where they're kind of splitting minutes, maybe not playing the minutes that they thought they were going to get. Uh, maybe they feel like, you know, promises were going to be broken. I mean, it's game one, but, you know, Isaiah Collier played 25 minutes and was in foul trouble. Yeah. You know, the other guys played 20 minutes, and they won by 30 and 40 points. So it's like he's in a good situation, and he is going to play the way that he's going to play, and he's going to put his uh, fingerprints all over the game. Um, but, yeah, like you said, uh, the pull-up jumper, you know, that was very encouraging. Um, looking at his prior film, to last night's game, you know, the jump shot was inconsistent at mm -hmm. times. He shot the ball well. Like, I think he shot, I had 39% from three in the EYBL, so that's good. But then there was, a, I forget what kind of classic they had. It was like a five, it was just a mini five-game stretch where he was kind of off. But you can see, like, uh, the confidence. He's yeah. going to take the shots, and you're going you're gonna to buy him um, growing as a shooter in the future as he – ages and matures so i think part of my assessment on him was a little jaded in a sense because i watched him shoot at impact this summer in las vegas i was there for summer league i forgot who i was there to see he came in the gym and you know it was just a one-on-none -on in a sense and he was just shooting but he could not make catch and shoot jumpers like off the catch from like the five spots mm -hmm. on the floor but in his defense, I'm like, when has he ever needed to play off you know, the catch? There's another guy we're going to talk about later. I have an opinion about that, too. You probably already know who I'm talking about top, but go ahead. I know. But, um, but yeah, I mean, just I think playing off the, off the ball, I think that's going to be the biggest test. But USC, they, they looked good. I mean, they looked good. I thought Kobe Johnson played well. I think he's a legitimate top 60 prospect. Boogie Ellis, man, we know Boogie gets buckets. I don't know where Bronny James is going to play. Like, you know, if he's healthy, you know they're you know going what? to carve out some time. But he's going to be fine, though, because he'll be able to fit alongside those guys, too, as a just athlete, and he can shoot. So I think I think it's going to work out. Hopefully he's able to play. So yeah, hopefully he's able to play. Something he has the every intent to play this year. He's got something coming up, though, too. Stephon Castle, what did you think about his debut? Uh... <laughs> Yo, so uh, a couple of things. He passed up a couple catch-and-shoot three-pointers. I, I have. Um, that, that's in my notes was that he's just too reluctant to shoot. Like, he was trying. It's his first game. I feel like he was trying too yeah. hard to make things happen. But he's very unselfish, uh, and I see the playmaking. And you know what? I'm going to just go out here and say, look, look, I'm, I'm super high on Stephon Castle. Like, like. Top five high on Stephon Castle. I, I am a full believer. Watching his AAU tape, watching his high school tape, he makes skip passes. He can pass. He's got the best pace in the in this draft for a guard. So? I believe so, yes. So we just talked about Kyrie. Kyrie's like fast, R2. 
right? But I feel like he's still got. He's not wild and out of control. No, 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 no. I'm not he's got wild, some pace. But I mean, yeah. it's it's a it's a crossover, and I'm gone. Yeah, he's not he's not playing with his food. That's what yeah, Stefan right Castle to. has like probing space, puts you in jail. And then turns into a quick late. Like, I'm really, really high on Stefan Castle. And it's going to be really interesting to see how this uh, this season turns out for him. Uh, I, I'm going to chalk up his first game as, you know, jitters. But I'm, I'm so he's, – he's probably my favorite player yeah. in the draft. 12 points in 19 minutes, 3 of 5 from the floor, 1 of 2 from 3, 5 of 8 from the foul line, had 5 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals. What I liked – about him was obviously the size and the pace. Uh, one of his buckets was a, a, a lob attempt that he tried to throw to Donovan Clean. But it was off in. the live ball. It was live, live I'm sorry, but the only person I've seen make that pass in this draft was Elliot Cadeau. The live ball? The live that would make that that would attempt to make that pass. I think Collier would. I think we'll see. I think, but I'm just talking about going through the film. He's the only one I've seen make that pass. Yeah, I think Kyrie would. Well, yeah, I had Castle was overpassing a little bit. Um, He did make a a three point, but it was a pull up jumper. I like the fact that they are using him in the mid post. I have that written down. Post. I I, I like that they use. He had a nice spin move bucket, and then one of his assists, he was in the mid post and he found a cutter. So I like the fact that they're using his size. I, I just like coaches that are creative and they're not just running this cookie cutter offense if you got a big guard that can post up take advantage of that and that's what i like what what um i was gonna call him bobby but danny hurley <laughs> is doing UConn. all right when we return we're going to talk a little bit more about some of the debuts of basically we'll just talk about the point guards maybe make this is the point guard episode and then the international guy that james wants to talk about All right, before we get into the remaining prospects, we got to talk about Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. All you have to do is pick two to six players, and you're just going against the numbers. You're just picking against the projected numbers. Give me an example of, of uh, a Prize Picks play that, that you made or had to pick against over the last couple of days. Hey, man, look. Hey, I mentioned my Pistons guys, man. Summer Thompson, points, rebounds, assists. Hey, Jalen Dern. Points, rebounds, assists. Hey, shout out to Tyrese Maxey. Points, rebounds, assists. So, for example, you can select whether or not Steph Curry will score more than 29 points or if Nikola Jokic will grab more than 10 rebounds. Or you can predict if Anthony Davis will get more than two blocks or will Dame Lillard make more than four threes in a game. And PrizePix offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Now that is new. So for football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second half, that player is rebooted. Price Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. I was gonna say, if you are picking Anthony Davis, you may need that because he seems to, sorry if you're an AD fan. So all you have to do is download the app, Go to pricepicks.com. You have to use the promo code LOCKEDONNBA and must be lowercase L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A. And you can get a first deposit match up to $100. That is pricepicks.com slash LOCKEDONNBA. 
All right, second segment. So we talked about Isaiah Collier and we talked about Stefan Castle. If you had to choose between the two, who do you think had the better debut? Collier had the better debut, but I am a bigger Castle fan. If and that you, makes sense. So you would say you would take Castle in the top five based off of you know your your research right now. My research right now, what I think he will become. Now again, you know, it's it's very early November, but I, I see all of the, the makings, I see the talent, I see the I see the bigger picture. Okay. That's what my big career would say. <laughs> Kyer had 18 points in 25 minutes, seven of nine from the floor, was one of three from three, made all three of his free throw attempts. Had three rebounds, six assists, but also had six turnovers and five fouls. So we look at Stefan Castle and we look at Isaiah Collier. Right. And I can say we both agree that we like the situation that they went into. I'm of the belief that if you are a top college player, you have the luxury of picking your system. It's like maybe the last time you get to pick your system, the coach, the players around you until you become a free agent. And in the NBA, you're going to have to wait until you sign your first contract and then your second contract. So what are you, what, 27? Maybe. Well, some of these guys are coming in early. But in college, I feel like you get to handpick your situation. And we've talked about it in other podcasts. There's some guys that went to situations that I'm like, how are you going to get loose? And one of the guys is L. Marco Jackson. I'm a huge L. Marco Jackson fan. I love his upside, I love his talent, but he's not going to have the same opportunities as Isaiah Collier and Stefan Castle. Now, he does have an opportunity to win a national championship because Kansas is number one. I'm good on that, bro. So you not, are not Kansas not winning. I'm not good on, you know, I mean, like Kansas could win a national championship, but like, <laughs> I'm here for a good time, not a long time. So you're you're more like I'm trying to look, I'm trying give to give me the best situation where I can win, but if we get in now. I want to I want to win showing what I can do at the next level. And I've had this opinion for a while, and it was like watching uh just a quick reference to the 520 podcast with Marquise Teague was like, yo, I don't care about my national championship. I should have went to Cincinnati. It's like if I go to Cincinnati, I don't get boxed in as this defensive-minded pass-first point guard that falls to the late first round. He's like, I should have followed what my brother Jeff did. He went to Wake Forest. He got loose. He was a middle. Uh, he was a middle first-round pick. He played till he was 33, 34 years old. Made 100 M's. There you go. Well, El Marco Jackson, who I'm again really high on, played 21 minutes. The, the stat line was good. Three of five from the floor, two of two from the foul line, five assists, only one turnover, had eight points. The stat line was good. I mean, like I said, 21 minutes. Kansas won by almost 40 or probably 40 plus. I'm not 99 minus 56. Anyway, that's, that's 43, bro. They, yeah, math is, is, is not my thing, geography. But anyway, I, I don't know if he's going to – I mean, the team is so good. He's not going to have the same opportunities as, like, like Castle or Collier. But I thought he played well. What, what was your overall thought with his performance? Um, well, a positive is that he did start. So it's not like, you know, he's coming off the bench. Uh, but it was just – I mean, you know, they went by 40, you know. Yeah. And it's like they overpowered – 
the their their opponents. It, it was, North Carolina believe, Central. That's a D two, right? I don't know. I think it's a D two. No disrespect to North Carolina Central. I know the coach is active on Twitter. No disrespect, Coach Moten. But um, yeah, it's just like it was hard to evaluate because mm-hmm. like they were up early. They're up big. I mean, we could nitpick and say he shot an air ball. His first shot was his, air ball. His first yeah. shot was air ball. But, I mean, it's like, I don't – what's the Kansas point guard's name again? Dewan um, Harris. He was 0-0 zero zero from the floor. But he's a floor general. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, it's like, is El Marco going to get the opportunities to show that he's a can play point guard and be that guy? I don't know. I was encouraged by the five assists. I mean, again, it was a, a blowout win. But was it was encouraged. like, hold on, but it was like three of them. I mean, you just, you make the right play assists. I get, yeah. I get it. You have to do that, you know, but like swing, swing against some six, seven power forwards. I mean, like, it's just, it's hard to evaluate based on that game. And then going forward, seeing that he's going to have to share everything. Yep. It's an interesting, interesting choice, but we'll see. Hopefully it works out for him. And that leads to a couple points I want to make. Speaking of guys that did not start, Elliot Cadeau did not start. He played 19 minutes, though. I mean, they won by 16, but it was closer than than the score looked. Um, Two of six from the floor, two rebounds, six assists, had five points. I was impressed by his passing. I thought he was going to be the starter. There's a few guys that are projected first-round picks. And, of course, it's way early. It's only the first game. The season is not even 48 hours old. But I was actually surprised by the number of guys that are really highly touted that didn't start, which is going to make the, you know, the, the rumblings about this being a weak class even louder because you're like, hey, this guy is a projected number one pick, but he can't start over – 23-year-old who's going to Europe next year. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. It was, so what do you think about Cadeau? See, Cadeau, and his, this is what I don't like. Like, I'm really high on Cadeau. Like, mm-hmm. I really believe in his game and his talent. But we got to almost look at him like how we look at the European 18-year-old dude that's playing 20 minutes a game and, and go from there. I mean, granted, they're not playing against the grown, grown, grown men, but it's like – I don't know. Have... College basketball is grown, grown, man. Yeah, like... they just turned on that 27-year-old uh, yeah. in Memphis. Uh, yeah. Quite a few guys got their waivers denied, but there's a lot of fifth, sixth-year seniors. I mean, it's like I go on a guy's ESPN profile, I'm like, dang. You played 18, 19? Hey, I mean, look at their team. We talk about North Carolina. Cormac Ryan, 2018. Yeah. Armando. He was setting screens for Jeff McGinnis, it feels like, man. <laughs> I mean, but again, Elliot Cadeau. Like, I would say McGinnis, but I do feel like he played with Ian Cota. I'm just saying, like, I don't, you know. And then uh, R.J. Davis is a senior, and he's six feet. So are we are we gonna play two six foot point guards together at North Carolina? And I like Seth Trimble, and he barely played. Actually, I had someone tell me it's a alumni that is working with an NBA team told me that he thought Seth Trimble should have been their point guard last year over Caleb Love. And Seth, it says he played zero minutes, but he got up a shot. So he that played means- zero minutes. I mean, yeah, game was <laughs> fake close, but I don't know, man. All right, when we return, we got to talk about the freshman guards at Kentucky, Rob Dillingham, DJ Wagner. I think there's going to be a debate all season long. Who is the better of the two you're starting? I don't think there's going to be a debate, Rob. You don't think so? Well, I'm starting to hear the debates. I'm curious to see who James thinks is, is the guy.
All right, before we talk about who is the better prospect between DJ Wagner and Rob Dillingham, I wanna to talk to you about FanDuel because right now if you are a new customer, you get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's right, 150 bucks if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is not a better time to get in on the action than right now. It is very easy to use. There is a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, overs, unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to kick off the NFL season, the NBA season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL and locked on. All right, last segment wrapping this up. Kentucky. Kentucky has a loaded roster. I just wrote about it on NBABigBoard.com. If you're not subscribed, check it out, NBABigBoard.com. And the title of my article was, Does Kentucky Have Too Many Cooks in the Kitchen? And I interviewed multiple scouts, and everybody is wondering, when everyone's healthy, how are they going to make these pieces fit? They have three seven-footers that I think could be first-round picks. Then they have guys coming off the bench. I mean, it's just a, a very unique situation for Coach Kyle. When I say it's unique, I mean, he's known for having strong recruiting classes. But this class, to me, is a little bit different because there's a lot of overlapping skill sets. It's not like, you know, the year you may have, was it Fox, Monk, and Bam? Did those guys fit? They, they you know, they complemented each other. They played off of each other. This year, I mean, you got two guys that I believe mm. are point guards. You got three bigs with with Aaron Bradshaw, who I really like. You got Onyenso, um, who's injured. You got Zavonimar Visic, who's waiting on the NCAA. And then you have to wonder, are any of those guys better college players than Trey Mitchell? Trey Mitchell is on his fourth school. UMass, Texas, West Virginia. He's a veteran, and, and you know Kyle wants to win. So, I mean, it's a very unique situation. But the big topic that I've been hearing multiple people discuss is who is the better guard between DJ Wagner and Rob Dillingham? And I know they're teammates. I don't want to sit here and compare them and, and draw a wedge between the two. Rob Dillingham didn't start. Wagner started along with Antonio Reeves, who I, I figured would start. I mean, he had a very good year last year. They thought they lost him. And then he ends up coming back. In your opinion, who had the better game? And who do you think is the better prospect between DJ Wagner and Rob Man, I was, uh, I was discouraged with uh, what I saw from DJ Wagner, man. He finished strong. The first half, it was... Yo, I, I was discouraged, man. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, the catch-and-shoot jump shots were some bricks. Well, we, we but, knew that he yeah, wasn't a shooter. Right, but the, in the three that he did make, like you can tell shooting off the dribble is way more comfortable for him. Like we had talked about with Collier. It's way more comfortable. Jump shot looks way more fluid when he has the ball in his hands. But, I mean, you know, jump shot, he doesn't have the reputation right now as a shooter, so he's going to miss shots. I'm he's not a trying, scorer. He's a scorer. I'm not trying to harp on that. But I felt like I saw some of the tunnel vision that I didn't like when I saw him play in AAU. There were plays where he would drive, and there's three guys on him. And I'm like, you got three guys, and he wants to shoot a tough floater. I'm like, three guys? Go hit Justin Edwards in that corner. Mm-hmm. And it was like two or three, might have been three or four plays like that. There was a play in transition where, you know, he got downhill, 
and there's a trailer or, or somebody on the wing and he shot a tough shot and again he got bailed out by the foul call but it's just um yeah it just didn't it didn't look good and again it could be the first game but it looked like he reverted back to some of those those bad habits that he had to my to my opinion bad habits things that are um gonna get nitpicked like the the tunnel vision and you uh you know you look at rob i'm gonna call him rob dilly rob dilly looked good like you know he's he's a he's a painter man he's an artist crafty just he didn't he took some some rob dilly shots he's gonna do that but like his his pace looked better like his his shot selection looked better his decision making looked better so um it'll be interesting to see how they work together very uh, interesting because i mean you know if if we're talking about it it means you know they may be hearing about it and do, do they got to tune it out because it's, yeah. it's it's already i mean nba scouts are talking about it and i went to a dallas mavericks game and i love the fact that i have a dallas mavericks media pass because before the game, I get to talk to the scouts and the agents of the players, and you just hear so much of what's going on. And one subject that was brought up to me was, who did I think was the better of the two? And I was like, I don't know. I, I don't know how it's going to work. But my first thought was, I know DJ Wagner is going to get the... I don't want to say benefit of the doubt, but you know that if it's a tie... Ty goes to DJ Wagner. Let's just keep it real. I mean, he does have some long-standing ties to Coach Cal because his dad, you can make a case to say his dad is one of the pioneers of the one-and-done era. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just think that that's a strong possibility. DJ Wagner played 27 minutes. If you look at the stats, just if you look at just the numbers, it looks like he played well. 13 points, 6 of 13 from the floor, 4 assists, 3 steals. But, like, misreads and all that doesn't show up on the stats. Yeah. He was one of five from three. He got to the free throw line one time, missed that. So, again, the numbers aren't bad, but Dillingham led the team in scoring. Okay. He had 17 points in 19 minutes, 6-11 from the floor. He was two of six from three, got to the foul line three times, five rebounds, three assists, two steals, didn't turn the ball over. Mm. And Dillingham had 40 in their blue and white scrimmage. And when I spoke with a scout... A few days ago, he told me that he's been to practices, and he says that they don't play on the same team in practices, and he said Dillingham goes at whack <laughs> in practices. Do you think there's going to be a time where Calipari starts both of them? I mean, Antonio wow. Reeves was good. Antonio Reeves, I think he was like SEC, like six men of the year, something like that. Very good score. I mean, he's their best well, floor spacer, in my opinion. Uh, I, 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 I'd maybe Reed Shepard, but I don't know how it's going to work. Because he did, what did Reed, how many minutes did Reed play? He played 21. He had 12 points, four or six from the floor. I don't know how it's going to work. I, I don't know. I really don't. And you still got to figure out. They still got to find minutes for these bigs when they come, become available. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So let me ask you a question real quick. If you don't remember, that's fine. But uh, I just pulled it up. The year they had Tyrese, Quickly, and Ashton Hagens. That was a down year for Kentucky, right? They, no, no. They finished. They, they were 25-6 and six that year. But, like, they had three guards that they started. 
And it'll be interesting to see if they have those same parallels because they had, I mean, that team had two NBA players. And you can kind of say Tyrese took a back seat to quickly because he was the freshman and quickly was a sophomore. But we see Tyrese is the better pro. And maybe if Tyrese doesn't go there, he doesn't fall to Philly. Like, it's, it's just weird. a lot. I mean, you know, Devin Booker was playing behind the, the Harrison twins. Did Tyler Hero start? No, Shea Gilders Alexander didn't yeah. start. So you just You just don't you know. Just, I mean, that's the thing. Like when you go to Kentucky, you know you're gonna play on TV. You know that you are going to have to sacrifice. You know that. Like you, you know that you're you're not gonna really get loose at Kentucky. I mean, I guess De'Aaron Fox did. But, but it was he was not in competition for touches. Yeah. Because Fox was gonna set up Monk. That team really, the they, pieces they really complimented fit, yes. each other. But yeah, Dillingham played well. Um, but like I said, I've, I've heard that he's been the better of the two in practices, which which is impressive to me because he should be real, man. He stunk at the Global Jam. Yeah, and but he, see, look, he got humbled, man. He came back. I was like, I'm not leaving. I'm gonna get better. Put on like 22 it. pounds. They say he came into. School came on campus weighing like a buck fifty five. He looked like a little kid, and now they say hey, he's at like one seventy seven. But I mean, I think that's dope. I mean, you know the calls are coming. You know, as soon as he struggled at the Global Jam, the calls were coming from schools like, hey man, you know, get down with us. I'm willing to bet that, like I said, the college season is not forty eight hours older. I'm willing to bet that. Some calls are being made now about joining the transfer portal because there's been quite a few guys that were highly touted freshmen that did not play a lot of minutes or didn't start. So we'll get to those and I'm going to give it a few more yeah, games yeah, before I start wondering what's going on. All right. In the next episode, we are going to talk about, in my opinion, outside of Alex R, the hottest prospect in the basketball world right now, that is Nikola Topic. Me and James are gonna share our thoughts on Nikola Topic, the six-seven Serbian point guard that is, I mean, he's hooping right now. I think he's put himself in position to possibly be a lottery pick. So stay tuned for the next episode with me and James. We'll share our thoughts on Nikola Topic. And you know, we'll start off talking about Topic, but we can end up talking about a few other guys in the episode. But once again, thank you for making the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast your first listen of the day. Once again, it's Raphael with my brother James, and we are 